0: You've heard that saying, being asleep at the wheel, right? Well, the truth is that many of us, as we drive down this highway called life, are doing just that. We're asleep to God's amazing plans and purposes for our lives. So, are you asleep at the wheel? i Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're taking a look at making the rubber hit the road, what God has to say in getting your life headed in the right direction. Because whatever it is that you're going through, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. So let's dive into God's Word. Life is full of transitions, isn't it? We go from being a child to being an adult. They call those years our teenage years. And anybody who's been a teenager will know that it's an awkward, often difficult time. You see, it's this transition thing from something we know to something we don't, from A to B. And what we'd really like is we'd like our transitions to be quick and simple and direct and comfortable and predictable and safe. That's what we'd like them to be. But transitions never are. From single to married, from married to single, from staff member to supervisor, from supervisor to manager, from employed to unemployed, from student to teacher. Whatever the change is, whatever the transition is, there's always an awkwardness, and, an uncomfortableness about it. So we've been looking at this whole transition thing by putting ourselves in Israel's shoes in this series. They'd been exiled exile in Babylon for 70 years, but at the end of 70 years, God's ready to bless them again and take them back home to the promised land. Now, you'd think that when Isaiah announced that, they'd be shouting and dancing in the streets. But think about it. Most of them have been born in slavery. I mean, they've been there 70 years, and while they've heard of the promised land, it's a bit like a dreamland. It doesn't really exist And hey, we're slaves, right? Oppressed by the dominant world power of the day, the Babylonians, right? How are we ever going to see the promised land? That's the reality. And when we're in our version of Babylon, when, when we're in that difficult place, that place we'd rather not be in, come on, how difficult is it for us even to begin to imagine that God would actually restore our lives, huh? Sometimes fear is our default mode. It's true of many of us. Most of us respond to uncertainty and transition with what? With fear rather than faith. And that's where Israel was. They needed some convincing that God was going to bless them. That's where many people are today. How about you? So God sends them the prophet Isaiah. And as we saw in the last program, three times in chapter 51 of the book of Isaiah, God says to his people, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. It's, it's like an alarm clock at six in the morning going, ring, ring, ring. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get their attention. He's trying to wake them up. And in fact, the very next thing that he says to them is wake up. Let's hear what God has to say to his people back then and what he's saying to you and me about his plans and purposes for us today. Isaiah chapter 52, verses one to six. Awake, awake. Put on your strength, O Zion. Put on your beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For the uncircumcised and the unclean shall enter you no more. Shake yourself from the dust. Rise up, O captive Jerusalem. Loose the bonds from your neck, O captive daughter Zion. For thus says the Lord your God, you were sold for nothing and you shall be redeemed without money. For thus, says the Lord God, long ago my people went down into Egypt to reside there as aliens. The Assyrian too has oppressed them without cause. Now therefore, what I am doing here, says the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away without cause? Their rulers howl, says the Lord, and continually all day long my name is despised. Therefore my people shall know my name. Therefore in that day they shall know that it is I who speak. Here am I. This is God shouting, Wake up! Up people. You know what it's like when you first wake up out of a deep sleep? You're kind of groggy and disoriented. And if your default mode is fear and you're traveling through your difficult place, your Babylon, your health issue, your marriage issue, your family issue, your money issue, your whatever issue, when you're in that place and your default mode is fear, hey, you're gonna take some waking up. To wake up from the drowsiness of that negativity to the potential and the amazing future. That God has for you. We need to get dressed in the garment of praise. We need to put on the strength we have in Christ. We need to shake the dust off our attitudes where it's settled for lack of movement. Because tell you, fear has a tendency to paralyze us. We we just kind of sit there and hope it's all going to change. We need to loose the bonds of captivity to our circumstances that are choking us. What a beautiful picture. God is wanting his people to wake up to the fact that by his sovereign will and his immense power, he's already started doing some amazing stuff. That the God of their fathers is going to redeem them without money. In other words, he's going to do it. He's already doing it, and it's going to cost them nothing. No work, no effort, because God is going to do it. Wake up to what I'm doing here, people. That's what God's saying to Israel, and my friend, that's what he's saying to you and me today. When we're in that dark and difficult place of transition from something we know to something we don't, from something that's comfortable, albeit trying, to something that maybe is not as comfortable and familiar, we almost want to sleep. We almost want to stay where we are. It's our default mode. We're not expecting God to move. I'm not saying he's going to wave a magic wand and solve all your problems overnight. That may be his plan. It may not be his plan but he may have a plan to fill you with the exquisite knowledge of his presence, the sort that's only available in the dark place you're in, the sort of knowledge of the presence of God and his healing and comforting spirit that simply wouldn't be as poignant or as powerful in a place of light as it is in a place of darkness. Whatever God's plan is for you, let me tell you, he has a plan, a plan for good, a plan to bless you, a plan to be your God right smack bang in the middle of that place that you're in at the moment. Your God has a mighty plan and a mighty purpose for your life. And I don't care whether you're eight or you're 80 or you're 800, your God has a mighty plan and a purpose for your life. And today, through his word, this is what God is saying to you. Wake up, my child. Wake up to the plan that I have for you. Wow. See the stuff we can end up missing out on if we're not in God's word, if we don't open God's word and read it and read it as though he means to speak to us through it. Wake up to the plan that God has for your life because whatever it is, it's good. And it'd be such a tragedy for you to miss out on God's plan for your life. Wake up. Good news about tomorrow always brightens up today, have you noticed? And there are probably just one or two people, but perhaps you're one of them, who need a bit of good news about tomorrow, today. Like the nation of Israel a few hundred years BC, when they were coming towards the end of their time of exile and slavery in Babylon, back in around 520 BC, give or take a few years, they desperately needed some good news. But you see, for the last 70 years as slaves, all they were used to was bad news. And to someone who's only used to bad news, this can be really hard to get the good news through. God had to shake them and to wake them up. He used the prophet Isaiah to do that, as we've seen so far in looking at this story. And of course, you and I can be like that too. If all we've been used to is bad news for a long time it's kind of hard to wrap our hearts around some good news. It's hard to have hope for tomorrow when the circumstances of yesterday and today are screaming at you. There is no hope. Are you with me? Sure you are. You've been there at that rock-bottom point out there on the battlefield where the enemy, whoever or whatever that enemy's been in your life, is threatening to overwhelm you, when your Babylon has enslaved you and robbed you apparently of all your freedom and your future and your hope in God. So the old Isaiah has been waking and shaking God's people, telling them that God is on the move, that good things are about to happen. It's not an easy message to get through to them, or to you, or to me. So God causes Isaiah to say something that's really going to get our collective attention. Isaiah chapter 52, verses 7 to 10. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Listen, your sentinels lift up their voices. Together they sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people and he has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God beautiful feet. What the blazes is God on about? Have you, have you looked at your feet lately? Hardly the most attractive part of your anatomy, aren't they? Leave them in a pair of socks and shoes for too long and they get a bit smelly too. God is nothing if not an edgy communicator. You know how sometimes advertisers will use shock tactics to get your attention, to stand out from the crowd, to get their message noticed? That in effect is what God's doing here. He's grabbing our attention. He's grabbing your attention and my attention. Come on! If someone brought you the good news that you had just won ten million dollars in the lottery, you could kiss their feet, couldn't you? That's the picture here. This isn't just good news. It's not just even great news or fantastic news. This is stunningly brilliant, totally life-changing news. God has a plan to save His people, Israel back then, you and me today, and it's the sort of news that should have a singing and dancing in the streets. Listen, your sentinels are lifting up their voices together. They sing for joy, for in plain sight they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together in singing, you ruins of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people and he has redeemed Jerusalem. There are some joys, some pleasures, some delights that are only available to us when all around us is darkness and gloom. I can tell you that not just because I'm reading it here in the book of Isaiah, but because I've experienced it myself. In the days when all that I held dear had been taken away from me, the days were black and the nights were even blacker. And nothing that anybody said or did made one iota of difference to the pain and the isolation I felt. Pain is a uniquely individual and isolating experience. When you suffer... You suffer alone on the inside, even if there are people around on the outside to comfort you. There's just one thing, one thing that cuts through the darkness, that cuts through the pain with a light so warm and so gentle and so beautiful that there simply aren't any words to describe it. And that, my friend, is the voice of God saying, I have come to comfort you. I have come to redeem you. The people who came to bring me that news, I'm picturing their faces right now, I could kiss their feet. And once I was able to light my candle at the flame that raged in their hearts, it burned ever brighter in me. Once I'd met Jesus in my black hole, he became my friend and companion and comforter in a way that no one else ever has been to me and no one else ever will be to me. He came to save me and to lift me out of that pit, something he did even while the circumstances around me were still against me. The joy of meeting Jesus in that dark place is a pleasure so exquisite that I wouldn't swap those dark days for anything, because the Lord bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth saw the salvation of our God in me. The good news is God is on your side doesn't mean he'll always see things the way you do or do things the way you'd want him to do or when you want him to do them. See, we only see a small part of the puzzle. He sees the whole picture and his plans and his purposes go way beyond anything we could ever imagine. But in the face of the most terrifying, inky blackness I have ever faced in my life, I remember the experience of that that joy and that comfort and that peace that goes way beyond any understanding. There are no words to describe the beauty of God's presence in that dark pit with me. I know that God has a future plan for each one of us. I know that God has a future plan for you, a future that is so far beyond anything you can imagine or hope for. It's better than winning the lottery. It's better than anything this earth has to offer because it involves him In our lives, it involves Jesus leading you forward through whatever transition you're going through, through whatever dark hole you're traveling through, through whatever pit you've fallen into. It involves Jesus leading you through that place and out the other side. My friend, when you look back in the days to come, when you look back at that difficult transition, that uncomfortable time, that difficult time, you will see the arm of the Lord. You will see what God has done. You will give glory to God because he was in that place with you and he did it for you. And that's the news Jesus asked me to bring you today. May he bless your socks off. There are plenty of people who want to wallow around in pain and misfortune until the end of time. Now, please, I'm not being harsh here. When something bad happens, when we lose a loved one, when we get a bad medical diagnosis, when when a marriage falls apart or we go to work in the morning only to come home unemployed in the evening, come on, it knocks the wind out of us. We go through all sorts of emotions. We go through shock, pain, anger, fear, resentment. There is a whole cycle that we go through in what's called the grieving process process. And that's natural. We need to go through those stages. And if you're in that cycle somewhere at the moment, I am definitely not knocking that. Please understand me. But at some point, we have to get up off the canvas. At at some point, we have to accept that the world's changed irrevocably and get on with the business of living. If you've just lost your partner of 30 or 40 years, nothing can ever bring them back. The world's changed. At some point, you need to get on with life. I know people who are in the business of being perpetual victims. It's like their default mode. They always look at the glass and decide that glass is half empty and they live their lives as though there's a water shortage. I'm bringing you good news today. Your God reigns and he is determined to get you through whatever it is you're going through and he is determined to bless you in his own way, in his own time, believe it or not. The question is, what response is God looking for from us when he lays out the good news before us, the way he's been doing through his word today on the program. When God speaks, and as I read the word of God from Isaiah, that's exactly what he's doing. Make no mistake about it. When God speaks, he's blessing into your heart. What response is he looking for? Well, in the very next verse, Isaiah chapter 52, verse 11, after he tells people to rejoice, after he says, Look, I'm bringing you good news. Go and dance in the streets. Go and party. Go and have some fun. What's the next thing he says to his people, Israel, who are about to be released from captivity? He says, verse 11, chapter 52, depart, depart, go out from here. Touch no unclean thing, go out from the midst of it, purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. Hang on, what's all that about? Well, let's understand it in the context of what's going on in the history of Israel right now when God's speaking to them. As we've seen, they've been in slavery for 70 years in Babylon and God's about to restore them and bring them the fantastic news we've been talking about this last little while and they're struggling to wrap their minds around it, to understand it, to comprehend it. Three times in the book of Isaiah, chapter 51, God says, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. Then as we've seen, he says, wake up, wake up. He's like an alarm clock here trying to get their attention. And now he's giving them the next piece in the puzzle. Don't just lie there. You've got to get up out of that nice, warm, comfortable bed that you've made for yourself and hit the track, Jack, because I'm doing something. And if you want to get with what I'm up to, you have to get up and go. For Israel, that meant that they had to get used to the fact that they were about to leave Babylon. That might at first blush sound like great news. They're going from slavery to freedom. That's what God's been telling them here through Isaiah. They're going from Babylon back to the promised land. Great news, you'd think. Here's what Isaiah was running into with the people. They'd become comfortable in their slavery. Okay, they were slaves, but they had a roof over their heads. They had food on their tables. They were safe. What? Leave Babylon? Are you crazy? The same thing had happened centuries before as Israel had fled Egypt under the leadership of Moses. They went only a few miles into the wilderness and they turned on Moses, saying, in effect, What have you done, you idiot? It's risky out here, it's uncomfortable, it's uncertain out here. Better, we should have stayed back in Egypt. At least there we were safe and we had food and a roof. Nothing new under the sun. We still behave like that today because we prefer the certainty of our despair to the uncertainty of a future in the promised land. Listen to that again. We often prefer the certainty of our despair to the uncertainty of a future out there on a journey to the promised land. God promises a whole bunch of stuff, but to get it, we have to pick up our cross and follow Jesus, die to ourselves in order to gain our new lives in Christ. Listen again to this one verse. Depart, depart. Go out from here. Touch no unclean thing, Go out from the midst of it. Purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. Don't just sit there. Get going. And along the way, on the journey, stay pure and holy. Don't mix it with the rubbish that the world's dangling under your nose as though it's a viable alternative to the holiness and perfection of God. Don't think you can have a foot in both camps, one on God's journey and one staying back in the world in Babylon, which has put you in slavery in the first place. Are you silly? It's like standing waiting for your luggage at the airport and having one foot on the ground and another on that moving conveyor belt. That works for about half a second before we end up flat on our face. It's one or the other. It's staying stuck in your present circumstances which have driven you into slavery or getting out on the road and getting moving on God's journey, God's way to God's destination for your life. So, friend, which one is it going to be? you Are going to stay stuck where you are? or are you going to get going with God's plan? See, when the shock of the impact is over, when you've come to the point where you can begin to function again after a tough time, a difficult time of transition, even though it's still tough, even though it's still uncertain and uncomfortable and fearful, are you going to get moving with God's plan for your life or not? What does that mean? What does that look like? It means pressing into God and starting to function again in your giftings and helping other people and serving other people and seeking hard after God. And in that, a journey begins somewhere. Journeys don't happen by lying in bed and listening to the alarm clock and pulling the covers over the top of our heads. Journeys don't happen by sitting on the couch complaining that God's not doing anything. The journey begins when we hear the call of God when we feel him shaking us, saying, wake up, the journey begins when we take those first few steps because he said to us, depart, depart, go out from here. A builder may have an architect's plans in his hands, but unless he digs the holes and pours the foundations and puts the frame up and starts laying the bricks row upon row, there ain't going to be a house, no house at all. There are way too many people who've heard God's call because he does have a plan for them, for you. And then with the covers pulled up over their heads, they're lying there complaining that they don't know what God's plan is for them. Well, what's it going to be for you? Are going to keep lying there with the covers pulled over your head, complaining, I don't know what God has for me? Or are you going to do what God's called you to do? Depart, depart, go out from here, touch no unclean thing. Get up out of bed. Go to the bathroom, have a shower, clean your teeth, put your clothes on, and go and do the things that God made you to do, the things that you're gifted to do, the things that you're called to do. And somewhere in the middle of that, God's plan for your life will begin to emerge. See, that's what God's calling is to Just before we go, I'd like to tell you about a free gift that we'd love to send you to help you experience the power of God more and more in your life. Each month, Bernie writes a new life application booklet around the sorts of issues that we all deal with in life. It's designed to take you deeper into God's Word and then to help you live out what you've discovered. It's about helping you experience God's love and power in your faith walk. To request the latest e-booklet, visit ChristianityWorks.org and you'll see that free offer towards the top of the homepage. I'm believing that it'll be a mighty blessing to you. Again, that web address is ChristianityWorks.org. I'm Jennifer. You've been listening to Christianity Works with Bernie Dimet, and we'll catch you again next time.